Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. And we've got Laura Petheridge in studio today, and we're going to get to her in just a second. But we need to keep in mind, why do Martha and I talk about marriage and relationships on Tuesdays? Every Tuesday, we try to break it out and give you a different perspective because our culture is challenging and marriages are under attack. And we need to do whatever we can to build up the marriages all around us. And that's why we take focus time every Tuesday to do things and talk about things that will build it up. And that's one of the reasons why we do the marriage retreat, isn't it, Martha? It is, because there is just really never going to be enough opportunities for us to pour into our marriages and strengthen them. And the cruise is just one of those ways that we have found that getting away, doing it together, and really be an investment in your marriage is really worthwhile. All right, so the details are out there on iWorkForHim.com. We've got, uh, we leave on February the 18th, 2016. People think, well, that's so long away. That is really, literally four months from right now. February oh, is four months. I can hardly wait. There's Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, and Valentine's, Valentine's Day between Day. here and there, mm-hmm. but it's still just four months away. So go out to iWorkForHim.com and click on the cruise tab. Hey, we want, uh, we've got this verse for today, and I'm going to introduce our very special guest. And I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice, in steadfast love and in mercy. And that's from Hosea. Talk about the prophet who had one of the most difficult callings. I don't know if you can really say that. They all had some pretty difficult callings. But Hosea was called to marry a prostitute 
And God used that as an example uh, for prophecy against the nation of Israel. But really, when we talk about marriage, we're talking about, you know, when we marry people, we marry for a lifetime. And we say for better or for worse, and we say in sickness and in health, but a lot of times for richer or for poorer, but a lot of times we really are hoping for the richer, the healthier, the better part. We're not counting on the worse part, unhealthy part, poorer part. I mean, isn't that true? Yeah, it was just, we were just talking about the fact that Johnny Erickson Tata is on right before the show. She does a little um, uh, couple minute segment. And in um, the hardships that she had in life, the grace that she's carried through, she's been married. And what a great testimony that has been because it's not been easy. Um, what a great example. But we don't ever expect that. We don't think, I'm going to go into this and we're going to have cancer and we're going to have disabilities or we're going to have hardships. And, um, but they, but they do come and, uh, knowing that we've made a lifelong commitment is, um, what God desires for that. Our guest on the show today is Laura Petherbridge. She is an expert in so many things. I'll let her tell you more about what she's an expert in, but the cool part about Laura's going to be joining Laura and her husband, Steve, are going to be joining us on the 2016 Cruiser Way to a Better Marriage Retreat. Because we don't have all the answers, and Laura and Steve have a different perspective on marriage because of their past. And I love the fact that she's going to, we're, we're going to be doing some bouncing back and forth as we teach each one of the main sessions. Then we're going to have some breakout sessions. Laura, welcome to I Work For Him. Welcome back to I Work For Him. This is your second appearance. Last time we just did it on the phone. Talk to me about your perspective and what you're going to bring to the retreat in February. I am so thrilled that you have the heart and the insight to add step families to this marriage cruise. Because so often step families have a hard time finding a place where they're going to get some insight on the unique issues that step families face. So I'm going to talk about how to thrive in a step family and why it's different than a first time marriage. Before you get remarried, you think, oh, this is going to be a breeze. I've already, you know, been married once, so I'll just maybe do a few things different or I learned from my mistakes and we think we're just going to roll right into a second marriage and it's going to be a breeze. And then once you get into it, you go, oh my goodness, this is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so we're going to talk about those complexities and how to overcome them. So I can't wait. And I'm really, really thrilled that you have a heart for step families and have invited me to talk to them. Well, it's really cool. We're going to do a joint session on really uh, on forgiveness and the multifaceted piece of forgiveness. And we're going to do a breakout session also for entrepreneurial couples that are attending because entrepreneurial couples experience different challenges in marriage than couples who have eight to five jobs. Nobody could say nine to five anymore because not even bankers have nine to five jobs anymore. <laughs> uh, and, but we're going to do a lot of different things just to really build up your marriage. So if you want more information on the marriage cruise, go out to iworkforhim.com, click on the cruise tab. And it is going to be an amazing opportunity for you and your spouse, you and your husband, you and your wife to invest in your marriage from a Thursday at noon to a Monday at noon, all focused on building up your relationship with no cell phones, no internet, and no children. Yay! It's going to be going to be awesome. <laughs> going to be awesome. February 18th through the 22nd. All right, when we come back, Laura, I really want to get into talking about your expertise. You wrote an article on Crosswalk.com that I want to talk about, and I want to really dig out the the biblical perspective on the items that you're that you're dealing with when we talk about divorce we talk about blended families we talk about the challenges in today's society you've got a really unique perspective i'm really excited to be able to bring that to the i work for him audience great we're talking today with author speaker internationally renowned laura petherbridge <laughs> 
She's got an expertise in things that people don't necessarily say they have an expertise. She's written several books that I've got in front of me. 101 Tips for the Smart Stepmom, When I Do Becomes I Doesn't. And the, oh, it doesn't say doesn't that. It doesn't say that. It doesn't, but that's what I wanted to say because I like that better. I don't know, for some reason. When I, when I do becomes I don't. And then the quiet moments for the stepmom soul. We're going to be dealing with those in a few minutes. But first, Laura, just talk to us about how Christ is making a difference in your life today. Well, I'm in a season of transition. My husband and I just moved from an area where we lived for eight years, where he was on staff as an associate pastor. And so he's gone into semi-retirement. And so we are in a very unique season of life, actually, and moving to a brand new area, a new house, new neighbors, new everything. So looking for a church. And so it's it's kind of a uh, strange season. I mean, we've moved a lot of times, but but it's always been because we were going to another church. And so Christ is really helping us not to lose sight of the fact that he's at the wheel Mm. and that we need to not worry about the future, that he's got that under control already. Uh, I'm a firstborn, so I'm a classic worrier about, you know, what if? And so uh, it's just a continuous trust, trust, trust. Lay it down, Laura. You're not in control. You're not the Holy Spirit. Let go. So that's that's how he's working right now, just reminding me. That's powerful. Yeah, the let go thing. Hate let, it. Let go, let God. <laughs> yeah, that's one of those ones where every moment of every day, I'm like, okay, 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 here, no, here, Lord, here's the, here, here it is, here's the wheel. Wait a minute, wait, 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 you're going a direction I don't want you to go. I want the wheel back. No, 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 it's yours. It's, it's, it's okay, you have it. No, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, why are you going that direction? All day long. I apologize, Father. Okay, so you wrote this article, which is what got my attention, which is what connected us earlier this year, way earlier this year, you wrote an article, the, this is the reason God actually hates divorce. So let's just talk about, first of all, what caused you to write this article? <laughs> well, I've been in divorce recovery ministry for over 30 years, and I get so tired of the legalism. I get so tired of people thinking that they understand why God hates divorce. And it, they always turn, put God in this little box and quote a bunch of scriptures that they think helps to explain why God hates divorce. So I just, I don't know, I hit a moment where I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> and I just, <laughs> I, I was like, I want to stand on the top of a church somewhere and start screaming, these are the real reasons why God hates divorce, because I've been doing this for 30 years and I get it. So that really, it, I wish I could say it was much more loving than that, but it really was, I just got frustrated. Well, I mean, we've got books of the Bible that are written out of God's frustration. I mean, you got Jeremiah, I mean, I mean, he wrote that and Lamentations and Lamentations, and they're all out of frustration. Yeah. I mean, just... Mm-hmm. I think God understands. David wrote most of the Psalms. Yeah. I think a lot of people actually relate, not necessarily to what it was, what you're, what you, you know, believe that God was telling you to tell others, and that you really understand it, but just relating to your realness and saying, you know what, there is a real truth, and I want people to know it. Absolutely. And I think that's why we we clicked so quickly. Yeah. It's like, oh, we let you just say it like it is. So. I do. I, I'm, yeah. If you don't like that, you won't like me. <laughs> well, they wouldn't be listening to my show if they didn't like that because I'm pretty much say it like it is and which is why I minimize my Mountain Dew to one now I'm down to one third a can a day so we're, we're making some progress here people mm-hmm. all right so in this article so then this is a reason God actually hates divorce what what are some of the reasons why God actually hates divorce God hates divorce because it tries to murder his beloved and so it's not all of the churchy stuff that we're used to hearing 
It's because divorce attempts to kill the ones that are divorcing. Mm -hmm. And I say that in that my parents divorced when I was eight years old. So I had one goal in my life, and that is that I would never be divorced. Then at 29, I have a husband that walks out. And both of those situations almost killed me. And so as a child, it placed a great deal, and I didn't know this till I was in my 40s, but what it did is it heaped a mantle of shame on my shoulders as a child. I blamed myself for my parents' divorce. If Laura had been a better little girl, her parents would have stayed together. Mm -hmm. And see, that was all hidden deep down inside. I didn't even know it till I got some counseling later in life. But it, it nearly, I was very suicidal as a teenager. And uh, so it, it just, there was this self-loathing that came as a result of that, my parents' divorce. Then at 29, when my husband walks out, then it's, oh my gosh, you really are unlovable. You really are the epitome of disgusting, of you can't even hold on to a husband. And so once more, and this time I'm a Christian. Now I'm a baby mm -hmm. Christian when those voices are once again saying, Laura, you should just give up because there's nothing worthwhile inside you. You have no significance. And so because I recognized that during both of those seasons that the enemy was working his hardest to kill me, to destroy me, to take me out, that is why God hates divorce, because it destroys everything that is within us and communicates you are unlovable. And if, if, if your own family, if your own husband doesn't love you, how could a God who's holy and perfect and created the universe, of course he thinks you're disgusting. And so this is why God hates divorce, because it crushes our soul. It crushes who we are. It crushes his beloved. And that's why God hates divorce. Well, it's time for a break. No, it's not, but it should be. I mean, a great time. That was, was great. That was, that was very, very powerful. I, I love how you just described the attack on your soul because that, when we've described to couples that are struggling, because Martha and I have done marriage mentoring, we're not counselors, we don't have a master's degree or, or, or doctorate, but as we work alongside couples, just let them know, you know, divorce is the death that keeps on giving. Mm -hmm. It's a different side of that, but it's one of those things that when a divorce is done, it's never done. That's right. Because you live with it until you're dead. That's right. It, you were one with that person and then you ripped apart. So this, the shame that you felt as a child, because there are a lot of people listening today who experience exactly the same thing. Was it was it um, legitimate? Was it your fault that your parents got divorced? Absolutely not. Absolutely. <laughs> Say it again. Was it your fault your parents got divorced? Absolutely not. And is it is it the fault of any of the children that are listening today that are now adults? Absolutely not. But it is amazing how many of them have the same thoughts yes. that you had. Mm -hmm. They yes. really did. And you don't, again, it was subconscious. I had no idea. Now, I have six months after my parents got divorced where I have no memory. And so a lot of people say, oh, you know, I don't remember my childhood either. No, no, no. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm telling you I can remember the plaid on our couch. I remember the wallpaper pattern. I remember where the Tide box was kept. And then, all of a sudden, I have no memory at all of anything, of moving, starting school, a new teacher, a new house. I can remember nothing 
of those six months. Mm. That's how devastating it was. We've got author and speaker Laura, I want to give you a doctorate. Do you have a doctorate? I don't. I'm, I'm, I almost gave you a doctorate. Dr. Laura <laughs> that, Petherbridge. That has happened before. How about author and internationally acclaimed speaker, Laura Petherbridge. She's got a website, lauraPetherbridge.com. We'll highlight it on our Facebook page tonight. So if you want to find out more about her, you can right there on our website, lauraPetherbridge.com. Before we get back to Laura, though, I want to thank a couple of our show sponsors. Thanks so much to Crown College. You know, if you want to get an online, if you want to get a master's degree or an MBA, and you're wanting to do it, but you don't want to have to go to campus. You want to be able to do it at your own pace. Crown College is the place to do it because you can get a degree, a master's degree or an, or an MBA with a biblical world view. Go online to crown.edu forward slash radio. Don't forget the forward slash radio because they're tracking to see if anybody's looking at us. And Jim, don't they have a session that's just starting like this Next weekend? Monday. Next Monday. Next okay. Monday. So it's not too late. And they have a program that's just for non-profit. An MBA for, for for-profits and for not-for-profits. It's fascinating. It's unbelievable. And also thanks so much to Trust Services. You know, Martha, that's our business in case you're wondering. Um, I knew that. Is I it? even had the name badge that's on what you today. Do. I, I was that reminded me. I just want to let you know Ladies and gentlemen, we, are, we love working with small business owners. Love working with Christian small business owners, but our specialty is working with small business owners, eliminating the problems that come along with not enough time, not enough people, and not the right resources. Give us a call and let us know how we can help you through a project or maybe hiring some people or maybe you just need some business coaching. Look us up online at servicesbytrust.com. So, Laura, you wrote this article, The Reason God Actually Hates Divorce, and it was all about the shame that was brought into your life because you blamed yourself for your parents' divorce. Yes. But that's not really true. No. It was a it was a lie. <laughs> it, exactly what the enemy is great at is lies. And getting us to believe those lies. That's right. That's another thing he's really good at. But the all, the other reason why I wrote it is that I would love to educate pastors and leaders a little bit more about what people go through. When they go through a divorce, you know, most of our pastors have never been divorced. Thankfully, that's a good thing. <laughs> and they're not in step family. So they don't. But they don't understand that over half of the people coming into a congregation are in a second marriage or have been divorced or they're single parents. And so they need someone like me to help them understand what those people are living so that they can better minister to them. So that was part of the other reason why I wrote the article is to help pastors understand, for example, just because two people are married and get divorced, that doesn't mean both people have sinned. Tell it, me about that. Explain that, because, you know, that doesn't seem to make sense. Yes, I know. It, I, yeah, it sounds crazy. Now, that doesn't mean one of them is perfect, like Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that it's very common that only one person broke the vow. So it doesn't mean that both people broke the vow. It doesn't mean both people were perfect or one of them was perfect. But, for example, the top three reasons why people get divorced today, and I know we hear it's money, but that's not really true. Money is a symptom of a much deeper problem, sort of like a person having a heart attack and their left arm hurts. It's not really an arm problem. It's a heart problem. And so that's how money is. Money is the left arm pain in marriage and in divorce. So the top three reasons for people getting divorced today are adultery, addiction, and abuse. And so if church leaders don't understand that adultery, addiction, and abuse are the top three reasons why people are getting divorced, 
they won't know how to address some of those topics from their platform, from their messages, from their Bible studies. We need to go deeper into those issues. If we're really serious about saving marriages, we've got to tackle those issues. And when I say adultery, I'm including pornography. Because when a person is into pornography, they are breaking their marriage vow. And I know that's a really yay subject. No, it's not. It's right on the money. Well, it, cause it <laughs> but fits a lot of both. people aren't talking about right. that. No. They're not hearing that. They're, it's that private thing that a lot of people are yes. leaving alone. And so they're not feeling as convicted because nobody's saying anything about it. That's right. No, it, it, it is adultery. Uh, watching pornography and again it tends to be a man addiction as opposed to woman addiction but today it's not exclusive to men right but it's also an addiction it's actually one of the most powerful addictions because it involves sight and chemicals i mean it is it's it and it's physical chemical and visual so it's very very powerful that's right it is and so so often i have pastors that come to me and they're like well you know i don't really have that much adultery going on in my church <laughs> oh you just don't know what's really going on or abuse we don't really talk we don't get educated on what abuse and manipulation and control really is when we're loving our spouse we are not manipulating them we are not calling them vulgar names that doesn't mean you don't occasionally have a bad day or something slips out of your mouth that's not what I'm saying. And I'm also not saying that that's grounds for divorce. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm saying that ongoing, unrepentant, abusive behavior breaks down a marriage. And that pastors need to start talking about that if they really want to save marriages. Well, and I think one of the struggles for pastors is that they haven't experienced, some of them have not experienced this in their own lives, so they don't know how to deal with it. And then they're resistant to bring in because it's just so foreign. It's like when I deal with pastors and I try to rec help them understand how business is a ministry, how my workplace is my mission field, and they don't get it because they're not business people. But we can help pastors, but it takes an open-minded pastor, to un not, a, not a weird open-minded pastor. I mean, it takes an open-minded pastor to recognize, well, I don't know everything. Let me help. Let me learn from my parishioners because we're we're all in this together. We're all part of the body of Christ. And it is so important for people to recognize that Divorce has, well, it has, the destruction of the family has been very effective in the United States. Really, mm -hmm. it's been around the world, but in the United States, the last 50 years has been unbelievable. When you and I were, when, when we were all kids, I mean, nobody even talked about divorce. I mean, until you were eight, you probably didn't even know what divorce was. Right. I told Martha many times, there wasn't a single family on my block that was divorced growing up in Minnesota. Not a single family. I didn't have a single friend until middle school that I knew had been in a divorced family. Now, our friends, our kids have, it's hard for them to identify families that aren't a combination of other marriages. I mean, it's, that's it's, right. It, 50 years has changed everything. And yet, how many step family ministries do you see in the church today? How, you know, if you go into a church, how many churches are offering a ministry to couples who have had a previous marriage and are bringing children into? another marriage and those step families are dealing with unique issues that are radically different than first-time marriages and i left it silent there because i don't know of one mm -hmm. but i'm sure there are some here in tampa bay in fact if you know of one in tampa bay let us know because that's where laura and steve should be involved they can help them out <laughs> or if you've got a church where you really want them to uh, and you're going to be over in that apollo beach gibsonton uh, area you know they're looking for a church that wants to be able to grow a ministry like this laura's got a, several books that she's written when i do becomes i don't 
practical steps for healing during separation and divorce. But you've also, I want to go back. You've written this book, 101 Tips for the Smart Stepmom. We haven't got there yet, but it's a great book. We've got that book to give away as well. Because if you happen to be a stepmom, you need to know what's in this book because your world is very different than the mom that's not a stepmom. 877-943-9673. I want to go back to the shame Mm -hmm. because one of the things that Martha and I see often when we're working with couples is the damage that was done in their lives as a youngster and whatever that youngster may be and the lies that they have been told all their lives and that they have grown to believe those lies as if they are truth. When we come back from the break, I really want to dig into that because I think people need to hear that today because that woundedness, the great news in Jesus Christ is it is all capable of being healed. That's right. It is all capable of being healed, but you got to recognize that it's there. You can heal something you don't recognize is there. But if you've got woundedness there, it needs to be healed so that you can have a vibrant marriage of your own. And uh, so we are uh, talking with Laura Petherbridge about, I asked you the question about shame. You said you felt shame as a, uh, as a child when your parents got divorced like it was your fault. But then you got divorced, your husband uh, had an affair on you and left you, and then, then the enemy was able to build back into you even more reinforcement of that shame. How did you deal with that shame? At first, I didn't deal with it very well especially when I went through my teen years, as I said, that brought up a great deal of shame and made me want to kill myself. I hated myself, a lot of self-loathing. And then I was a baby Christian when I went through my divorce, and so I started drinking really heavily. To be honest with you, that was my initial response. I just was so devastated by the fact that Here I am divorced, the one thing that I just never wanted to happen in my whole life. And you know what? When I became a Christian, I assumed, hey, this is great. God hates divorce. I hate divorce. This is perfect. Divorce will never happen to me. (laughs) And so when it did, it just was so like, oh, no, 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 God, wait a minute. You got to fix this. And and I did pray that. I begged God, bring him back, bring him back, bring him back. But I had to learn that just because I prayed for it, and it was God's will for our marriage to be restored, did not mean God was going to shackle him to the couch. And Mm -hmm. that my ex-husband had free will. He could choose to leave that marriage if he wanted to. And so it was, even though it was devastating and I drank very heavily for a short season of time. And that helped a lot, right? The drinking (laughs) helped a lot. No, it did not. It made it worse. Fortunately, I was in a great church. I didn't know how great they were at the time. Because it was a church that loved me through my divorce. And I meet so many people. See, I didn't realize that a lot of people get shunned by their church when they go through a divorce. Even though, even if it wasn't their fault, even Mm -hmm. though they didn't want the divorce, they get shunned. They get told, you can't lead Sunday school anymore. You can't sing the lead in the church program, Christmas program anymore, because now you're divorced. And I've had so many people say to me, My spouse leaving me was extremely painful, but my church turning their back on me was worse because this was a divorce I didn't want. I didn't break the vow. They did. And so that's why I'm so passionate about all of it. Mm. That's powerful because a lot of times in the church, we... Maybe we don't even realize we're shunning. We just don't know what to do. Yes. And and unfortunately, that can if we aren't proactive in our relationship with that person that's going through it, it it's going to communicate all kinds of things. And that hurt 
above and beyond what you're already experiencing is uh, awful. Especially if the person is married to a manipulator, because Mm -hmm. they're often very good at manipulating the church and the pastor. Mm. See, so often if it's a really good manipulator, they not only manipulated their spouse in the marriage, but they've manipulated the church and the church leadership. Sure. Misinformation. They're going to they're going to fight their case with in the public so that you look stupid. I mean, we see it all the time. And we just that's where when we're working with couples, you know, I'll use the two by four method with both the husband and the wife. It's like, no, no, no. Don't bring this into your friends. They don't need to take sides. You guys are the ones need to work in the marriage. And if you're deciding to leave, you don't get to lay. People need to know the truth. But the problem is the spouse that's getting left who maybe didn't sin. They don't want to bash their husband. And that's what it seems like. You almost got to use the gossip train in order for people to know the truth. Right. So it's a, it's a tough one. So I don't know what the perfect solution is there, but the good news is you did get remarried to Steve, who's sitting next to you, and you've been married 30 years, and you learned how to be a stepmom, and God used your experience and your healing to minister now to thousands of couples. Yes. And you wrote handbooks on 101 tips for the smart stepmom, and you've got a devotional for stepmoms. You've got a ministry to step families. Yes. And and when going back to you have a message for pastors, and they need to understand this. And Martha really wanted us to dig that a little bit deeper. You said that the reasons for the divorce are adultery, the number three reasons, top three reasons, adultery, addiction, and abuse. And adultery, not only somebody having an affair with a human, somebody having an affair with a image on the screen, pornography, which is also an addiction. And sometimes adultery can be addiction. We've seen that as well. What can a pastor do? What does a pastor do with this when he just doesn't get it? He, he needs to become, he or she, needs to become educated on what real addiction and real abuse looks like. Adultery is a fairly easy one for him to learn about, even now, especially there's so many great books now about pornography explaining the, the root reasons of it and how, how it becomes a, a stronghold. But I find that pastors usually don't understand very much about abuse and addiction. And so they need to become educated on what a manipulator, controller looks like, what they do, how they behave. The, 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 you know, I can spot an abuser now after working in this ministry a mile away. Abusers hate me because in about two <laughs> minutes I can normally figure out who they are. And, but if you don't have that kind of training or if you haven't learned these types of things, then, so it really is getting educated. And if that means bringing in someone like me or someone who specializes in understanding codependency, enabling, manipulation, then you need to do that. Talk to me about these handbooks that you've written. Mm-hmm. 101 Tips for the Smart Stepmom. Yes. Why did you write the book? I really wanted to reach out to stepmoms because they often don't fit in the church. They go to the mom groups or they go to the mom seminars or the mom conferences and they're there just sort of walking around and they feel lonelier than when they went because most of the workshops and that don't apply to them. They have radically different issues than a biological mom has. Now, a lot of stepmoms do have their own children, but most of them say to me, you know what? It was easier to be a single parent to my own children than it is to be a step parent alongside my husband. And so I wanted to help these stepmoms with the issues. You know, most of the time, these are wonderful Christian women who married a man with kids 
just wanting to come in and help the kids, help him raise the kids. She had no idea what she was getting into. And so these are tips and insights that will help her to learn what's normal, how to step back from situations that she can't control, how to get along with the ex-wife, if, if that's possible. And it just gives a lot of insight into you know, helping this woman who really is having a hard time because there's very few stepmom groups in churches today. Yeah, and that's something we need to change because this is not an issue that is uh, rare. This is something, I mean, our churches are full of blended families. Our churches are full of couples who have gone through divorce. They're full of couples who have felt the shame from a, as a child like you did and felt the shame as an adult from a marriage that fell apart, even if it wasn't their fault. Yeah, I just want to say something because as I'm sitting here and thinking about this and the fact that there's not a whole lot of ministries for these stepmoms or things that deal directly with their needs, what an incredible opportunity the church has. And I can say this just as an observer, that um, the churches need to step up and say, you know what, this is not going to go away. Our, our pews have all kinds of people with all kinds of needs, but here's a specific need that we need to find a way to minister to them and try to encourage them in life. Thank goodness they're in the pew, in the church. If, if, if this is the church looking at ministries and saying, they're here, how can we strengthen them? How can we... Um, study the Bible with them and, and help them with their life, just like we're talking about other areas of people's lives and where they need to be strengthened. Step families is an untapped mission field mm. because many of these families do not come to church sure. because of the shame that we're talking about. They don't want to talk about a previous marriage. Sometimes if they do go to church, they won't tell anybody they're a step family. Right. They pretend that they're a first-time family. Mm -hmm. Now, if the kids have different last name, you know, sometimes that can get a little awkward. But uh, it is truly an untapped mission field. Well, and it, there even has to be dynamics of the kids can't be there every week because right. they're with their pa other parent. And just those elements that we don't even think of that, that affect their consistency, that affect how the kids are feeling and their self-esteem, all the shame that you felt, you know, just all of those things that are a dynamic you don't think about. So yes. if you're listening today and you are a blended family, you're a step family, and your church isn't touching the needs that you have that are very different than that of a family that hasn't gone through divorce, please reach out to your pastor and say, listen, I really want to talk to you about something. I really want to let you know of a need that not only our family has, but other families have in the church. And when you need resources, all you got to do is reach out to Laura Petherbridge. She'll come and talk to your pastor. She'll call him and straighten him out. <laughs> yes, I will. In a lovingly way. And, and, you can do, way. and you, then you could come do a conference at the church. Yes. Talk I, about that really quick. I do Thriving in a Step Family, which is for the couple. And then I also do events for stepmoms. And uh, we do, um, I am part of a ministry that I founded called Sisterhood of Stepmoms, sisterhoodofstepmoms.com. And we do retreats. We do a couple of retreats a year. The next one is going to be in Rome, Georgia. So just about a seven hour Not drive. Not Rome, but Rome, Georgia. Rome, Georgia. It's way That's cheaper. <laughs> about a seven hour drive at the gorgeous Windshape uh, Chick fil A Retreat Center. And so that, I'm really excited about that. But yes, it, uh, doing an event is a great way to bring people into the church. I just did one in Titusville. They held it at the YMCA, so it would be a non-threatening place. And over 120 step families came. Wow. And so, you know, these are people that normally wouldn't darken the door of a church because they have so much shame. 
but yet they'll come to an event for step families because they need the help. Well, and listen up, listeners, if you are a step family, you're a blended family, you've gone through a divorce, please understand there's no shame in Christ. Christ paid for the paid the price for our sins. There's no shame. He paid the price. You can be redeemed by him. And he came to restore all things, all things. And there is no sin in somebody's life, no damage that's been done that can't be restored by our heavenly father. He created you. He can absolutely restore you. And we're talking, Martha, just take it from there. Well, you know, every time when we're talking about different topics on relationship, we always try to bring it back to the workplace and say, how can I use this information to um, be Jesus in my workplace? How can I use this information to I- expand the mission field or impact the, Im- the mission field that Christ has given me in my workplace? And I, I just wanted you to speak to that a little bit about how we, c- what we can do with our coworkers, with people around us, like Jim was saying when he was a kid, he didn't know anybody that was going through divorce or divorced. And we have that around us. It's a reality. And what can we do with that? Becoming educated about the complexities of step families is really something all believers should do, not just pastors. I know we've been talking about mm-hmm. pastors, but all leaders, bosses, bosses, it helps them to, uh, if they do that, or coworkers, so that you know how to minister to that person, so you can speak into their life. So getting educated about step families and their complexities and how they're different than first time marriages is really a benefit for everybody. Is there a resource for that? Do you think there's somewhere where we can learn more about those dynamics? I have all sorts of things on my website, articles, free radio and TV shows that they can play, um, all kinds of resources they can purchase and listen to. So I have an audio of my thriving in a step family. That's that's one of the best ways to just get educated is by somebody who this is what they speak on. You know, there's no greater challenge than being a boss and having an employee going through a divorce because it devastates everything about them. Yes, it did me. And it, and it creates a real challenge for that boss because you still need to be productive, but yet you also want to be sensitive. So it's a real it's a real challenge. You got any articles on that one? I do. I actually have a whole chapter in the When I Do Becomes I Don't say um, someone I care about is divorcing. What yeah. do I do? Unbelievable. So, yep. We got to do it. Listen, we're coming to the end of another I Work For Him show. Thanks so much. Laura Petherbridge for joining us today. Looking forward to that cruise just four months away. Me too. I can't wait. All right. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks to our show sponsors, Most Insurance. Find them online at mostins.com for Bel Air Wealth Management. Find them online at belairwealthmanagement.com. Crown College. Find them online at crown.edu forward slash radio. And of course, our company, servicesbytrust.com. Hey, would you go out to iworkforhim.com tonight and take some time to join the I Work For Him nation? Make the commitment to start changing your workplace today and tomorrow by praying for your co-workers by name each and every day. Don't go away. You know, we learned today that our faith in Christ can we, we knew all along that we can minister to people no matter where we are. But how about in the area of step families? How about for people in your workplace that are going through divorce or that have gone through divorce, that are single parents, that are remarrying, that, that are encountering issues that maybe you don't understand, but boy, these people just need to be loved. They need to be accepted, and they need to know that you care and that you don't judge them. They also need to know. 
that there's no shame, that they don't need to adopt that shame. It doesn't need to shape them. They're not shaped by their past. They're not defined by their past. They can be defined by Jesus Christ and the work he's done in your life. They can experience that same work in their lives. That's the opportunity we have. Start praying for your coworkers and employees by name each and every day in your workplace, and you'll get an opportunity to have these conversations with people each and every day. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower and I own my own business, but ultimately, ultimately, I work for him. <laughs>